This is the MF Cashflow Podcast with Mike Fisher. We pull back the curtain of real estate investing and share the secrets to building the life of financial freedom you've always dreamed of. Hey guys, Mike Fisher, MF Cashflow. You use that MF however you like, man. Could be Mike Fisher, could be motherfucking, whatever you want it to be. It's yours, man. Take it and do what you want with it. Guys, today I got a super special guest with me, Mark Reynolds, man. I met this guy, oh man, I don't even know, like maybe four or five, I don't even know yeah, how many years ago. Right. Five, six years ago. Five, six years ago. And and um, man, we've, we've just, this guy is uh, just got a completely different outlook on real estate that 99% of other people don't even look at. And He's just, he's got a different viewpoint on things. I love what he has to say and just his his insight on on real estate and just how successful he is picking up the deals that nobody else wants to even work for. Why? Because maybe because they're not educated or I would say probably not educated. And, and pe- most people don't want to take that time to go out there and get that education that's needed to take on these other deals. And Mark, you've you've done a fantastic job on that. I've sat in a, across from the table from you numerous amounts of times and sat there with my jaw down, like, oh my god, like you picked up this deal for ten grand, and you're like, yeah, big smile on your face, and dude, like you just you just I, I don't know, like like. Anyway, I, I, we got to get into. I'm, I'm. He's like, speechless. I, I don't even. I never know where saw to start. it like this. I don't even know where to start with this. So, so let's start with with um, what got you into real estate. You know what what you, what got you to where you're at today. Um, well, I actually started off kind of in the construction business. Um, I have one of those seven year undergraduate degrees in a totally useless field. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but when I graduated from college, I didn't owe any money either because I paid for it All as right. I went along with a job as a carpenter. So when I came to graduate school at the <laughs> University of Chicago, I was doing a lot of work for a property management company in Hyde Park called Graf and Check Real Estate. And so when they had an apartment turnover or a store, I re- renovated some stores for them. They would hire me, and I would do the work. Okay, so you're all the hands-on. I'm the hands-on guy. Yeah. Well, by then, I was hiring a lot of guys. Okay. So I'm, a, I'm a, at the time, I said I was a graduate student at the University of Chicago, so I would hire my classmates oh, shit. to okay. do the work. Smart, and I was smart. just kind of the yeah. general contractor yeah. and the, the point guy. Um, so I was really tired of being poor all the time. And Florida State University offered me a fellowship full tuition and 5000 a year to come do a Ph.D. there. And I was all ready to go when Dave Check called me up a Friday afternoon, and he said, Mark, one of our resident managers in the apartment buildings just passed away, and I desperately need somebody to take over as the resident manager in that building, hmm. like now. Hmm. I said, well, Dave, it's 3 o'clock on Friday afternoon. You're not going to find anybody else today. Can I have till Monday to think about it? Yeah, sure. So I went back and I figured out that a free apartment in Hyde Park and $5,000 a year salary, which is what it paid, was just about the same (laughs) as a grant and $5,000 a year salary at Florida State. And uh, Florida State had members of the faculty that had graduated at the University of Chicago. 
but the University of Chicago didn't have anybody who had graduated from Florida State. <laughs> and therefore, I decided that a PhD from the University of Chicago was probably a better degree. Um, so I said, I'll take it. Well, then I eventually decided not to finish the PhD, and so I needed a job. So I took my Rolodex from managing the apartment building, and I called all of the suppliers. I called the exterminator and the appliance guy, and I said, look, guys, I need a job w probably working for a property management. Yeah, company. yeah. And one of them said, I know just the job for you. And I ended up managing a 300-unit condo conversion in Rolling Meadows. Okay. We used to call it Strolling Ghettos. <laughs> Far northwest suburbs. Strolling Ghettos. Um, <laughs> and then I went through this period of time when I worked for property management companies that needed a construction guy or construction companies that needed a real estate guy. Yeah. And some back and forth there. And I, I, I did a couple of years as kind of the hatchet man where I took over troubled projects and turned them around. Mm. And then uh, So there's where the wheels start spinning yeah, yeah, now. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're taking the shit and making gold You're, out of shit, if, man. If, it's a funny story. They they called up FHA one day. So I was managing this. I'd just taken over this apartment building. It was a condo conversion. And they called FHA because there, there was this list of projects in the common area that were supposed to be done. And FHA was allowing them to close condos as if these projects were done, but they weren't. And so FHA was giving them a lot of grief over, hey, these condos aren't worth what we're lending you on them without the exercise room and the sauna and this other stuff that yeah. half and finished. Um, and they said, well, yeah, we're calling to ask for a 90-day extension of time to finish those things. And the guy at FHA says, uh, yeah, why? We've already given you two 90-day extensions. Yeah. And it's not like you're almost done. You haven't started. <laughs> okay? In, in, in 180 days, you yeah. haven't done shit. Yeah. Why do we believe you're going to be done in 90 days? Oh, well, we got this new hotshot property manager, manager guy, and he's a real get it kind of done kind of guy, and he's going to make it happen. Long pause on the other side. Yeah? Power of the pause, man. What's this hotshot's name? Well, it's Mark Reynolds. Is this the same Mark Reynolds that did Coach Light Condos for you guys? <laughs> yeah, as a matter of fact, it is. Yeah, you can have 90 days. This will be fun. Because <laughs> nice. we know that in 90 days, either the common area improvements will be finished or Reynolds will have moved on because he's not going to put up with your shit. Wow. Right then, I had more clout than a multi-billion dollar company with 20 years of track record. Wow. Uh, my boss came to me and she said, who do you know at FHA? I don't know anybody at FHA. Now, somebody at FHA knows you. Yeah, yeah. And, and they're impressed. So I went back and I figured out, eventually, it was the appraiser on the Rolling Meadows condo conversion. At one time, we hadn't been able to get sliding mirrored doors. Uh, but they were in the description of the scope of work, so we had to put them in. So I was going to people who had already closed on their loan and borrowing yeah. the closet doors. Can I have your closet door? What? what? Yeah, well, you know, there's 60 days backed up on getting closet doors to us. <laughs> and I got to close units here. <laughs> so I would go to there, and I, I tell you what, you loan me your closet doors for three months, and I'll replace them with new ones. 
then I would take their closet doors off and go put them in the unit. Yeah. That, that so, total praise. Yeah. Total praise. So. Man, that's awesome. So, so then when I started my own company, I did apartment buildings on the northeast side of Chicago. At, at one time, I had three or 400 units in 30, 20 to 40 unit buildings. Nice, nice, um, nice. And, uh, you know, we kind of had it down to a formula. I remember walking through with the construction foreman, day, foreman one day. I said, so look, we're going to do this building. We're going to do the lobby like we did at 1255 Bryn Mawr. And we're going to do the hallways like we did at Chase. And we're going to do the kitchens like we did at this other building. And it was just, you know, a whole rehab plan could be done in an hour-long just meeting. Just walking through So it, they yeah. take this one from there and this from there, and then we're done. Yeah. Um, and then I did probably the weirdest deal I ever did. I, I did 65 soundproof rooms that I rented to rock and roll bands to rehearse in. Oh, wow. Okay. It was a gold mine. Um, I, I, did a, I did a senior citizens building, which got me thinking about what I called theme buildings, specialty buildings. So we took a building and we put a bunch of amenities in for seniors. Um, so then I looked at another building. There's a few buildings here in the middle in this story, but we're not going to tell them. because. So I looked at this building, and it was small studio and one bedrooms. It had an elevator, which would have made it prime for a senior building, but the elevator was so small <laughs> that you couldn't have got anybody with a wheelchair in. But down in the basement there was a room that had been a coal bin storage room when they still had a coal-fired furnace. And the walls were like a foot and a half thick brick, and the ceiling oh was poured concrete. Wow. And it had one little four-by-eight-inch window. I said, man, you could have rock concerts in this room, and nobody would be able to tell. I know. Let's advertise the room as an amenity. So... And we'll advertise to musicians. Hmm. We have a rehearsal built room in the building. Now, you can't play your guitar at 2 o'clock in the morning in your apartment. Right, right, right. But you can go down to the rehearsal room and play at 2 o'clock in the morning because nobody can hear you. Right, yeah. So I thought this was a great idea. Jeez. Um, nobody ever rented an apartment <laughs> to get the rehearsal room. <laughs> totally died. Um, but the phone rang off the hook with people that wanted the rehearsal room. I mean, we couldn't keep, you know, the phone just rang all the time. You've got a rehearsal room for rent? Well, no, you only get it if you rent the apartment. I don't want an apartment. I've got a nice <laughs> apartment downtown. I just want a rehearsal room. So some guys came to me, and they had a big old wood mill manufacturing building in... Wicker Park. Now, this was 20 years ago. Wicker Park was not the hot neighborhood yeah, that it yeah. is now. And, and they'd paid too much, and they were losing money. And one of the guys in that partnership was a partnership with me in another building. And they came to Jerry for his annual $10,000 capital contribution because that's how much money they were losing. And Jerry said... I don't think you guys understand how the real estate business is supposed to work. I am not supposed to be keeping putting $10,000 in every year. He says, you call Mark Reynolds, you pay him whatever he wants for a consulting fee, 
and he will figure out how we're going to stop losing money. Mm. Uh, so we built soundproof rooms for rock bands. Wow. Just the rehearsal room, okay? No apartment attached. You <laughs> want, want, is it, not too smart, but 200 people ask me for something. I figure I ought to go out and figure out a way to get some of Yeah. That, okay? So um, I, I rented the first of those rooms off of chalk marks on the floor. I would go around with a piece of chalk and draw. Is this big enough for you? Or would you like more space? More space? I'd take my shoe, scuff out the chalk mark. How about over here? Is this be big enough? Okay, give me $300 deposit. Come back in four weeks. I'll have your room. Um, and, you know. Yeah, you, you've, that, like, that's what I'm talking about. You think, you're thinking outside the box, man. You're thinking, like, totally different than what most people, like, as you're going on, I'm thinking, what about egress, you know, like, Wait, you got a room without egress? That can't be true, you know. But it's you're not sleeping in there. You, you don't you know, have to but, have you don't have to two egress in each room, but you have to have two egresses from the floor. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm right. thinking things like that, but you're, you're you know, thinking like, correctly. Yeah. So like your creativity in that is is phenomenal, and that's just that that leads into like different examples of that you've shared with me that how you've gotten deals that nobody else is looking at. You know, like, everybody's looking at the low-hanging fruit and grabbing it. Everybody's after it. There's Everybody's out there wanting to do wholesaling, and, and you know, every guru's out there selling some wholesale program and stuff. And well, wholesaling you know, is really, really, really complicated. It's really hard to do. None of those gurus are saying, by the way, if you're going to make a living doing this, you're going to work 50, 60 hours a week. Mm. But the reality is, if you're going to make a living wholesaling, now you can do it as a hobby. And they say you don't have to have any of your own money. You don't have to have any of your money. You don't have to have any brains. Yeah. You don't have, <laughs> you don't to... have to have any brains. <laughs> okay. The best wholesalers are church people. They're guys in the Chamber of Commerce. They're school teachers. People who have a big network of personal mm. contacts. Because to go out and start doing direct mail or email campaigns to try to wholesale houses, it's just, it's work. Who's making the money on this? The gurus. The gurus. The gurus. <laughs> yeah. You know, people come to me all the time and say, oh, I'm a wholesaler and I want to wholesale. I want your criteria oh, so I can wholesale you some houses. Me nuts. I'm saying, look, the last house I bought, I paid $4,500 for how are you going to buy a house cheap enough to flip it to me and make any money? You'd have to buy it for something less than $4,500. And the most you could make is $4,500. Yeah. You know, if you want to work that hard, it's okay. It's, you know, and it's, it's a lot of people have got started in this business as wholesalers. Yeah, and there's no passive income in that either. No, no, no. You, it's, no. you know... When that sale's done, you're unemployed, man. I I always say these are not, same with fix and flipping. Fix and flipping is not investing. It is a job. And you sell your fix and flip house today for $200,000. What are you doing tomorrow? Yeah, you're now You're looking for another house because you're now unemployed until you can find another house. Investing, in my not very humble opinion, is... I, I spend time, I spend money, I spend work now 
and it continues to give me return for years and yeah. years and years in the future. That's I right. A, yeah. I have a check that comes in every month from the bankruptcy court because a lady stiffed me for ten grand five six years ago. <laughs> I joke that that is my favorite rent check of the whole month. It's it's about two hundred eighty dollars. Okay, it's my favorite rent check because. All of the work for it, I did five years ago. Mm. Okay, and at the rate she's paying me off, I'll collect money for years and years. <laughs> okay, and I don't do nothing. Yeah, I'm yeah. in favor of people sending me money for me doing nothing. That's great. Yeah, and you yeah. did the work years ago. Years ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And here you are. So, I want to I want to jump um, jump ship here yep. and go into um, the what you, what you were talking about is the opportunity zones in the Northwest Indiana area. And yeah. just speak a little bit on that. Cause this is something that I've, you know, it's, it's like the new buzzword that I've been hearing about in the, probably the, like the last year. And, um, it, it's kind of like one of those things too, where it's like, Oh, well, that, that, that's too complicated to get into. And I'd have to learn so much and, you know, but, um, and I think that's why there's not many people getting into it. Uh, and, well, the and big I know guys, you, you the are, big guys are getting into it big time. Yeah, and, and why is that? Well, because it's not that steep a learning curve. And big money can only do big projects. Yeah. You know, to buy a fix and flip makes, you know, for a hundred or two hundred or $500,000 doesn't work if you're Blackstone. And you've got a billion dollars that you have to keep out yeah. on the street all the time. Um, so a lot of people need at least $10 million to make a project interesting. Um, mm. Now, the problem is that, that there aren't that many giant projects out there that don't have tons and tons of risk in them. Um, so they're hot for opportunity zones because they can throw a lot of money at something. Now... If you're the investor who's funding them, I think that's really scary because guys are raising $40 million, $50 million. I saw an $800 million Opportunity Zone fund the other day, and they don't have any idea what they're going to do with the money. Mm. Don't worry about that part. We're going to go find projects. Mm. Um, I think that's a, a formula for disaster. Because once, once you put the money in the fund, the fund has 30 months to invest it in something. So, you know, this fund XYZ over here raised yeah. $50 million. And in two years, they haven't found anything. They are under enormous pressure to find something to put their $50 million in. It's kind of like a 1031 exchange. You only have Whether so it many, makes so sense time. or not. Yeah. 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 Um, Otherwise, you're going to be paying the tax on it. So for small investors, you're right. The small investors are allergic to learning. Okay? Even this is one of the reasons that the guru industry survives. It's because the guru industry says, come take my two-week boot camp, and <laughs> you, don't, you don't need to think, you don't need to learn, you don't need to question. You can do this from the beach. You just do what I tell you to do. Yeah. Um, well, I got news for you. The guy who's going to, you know, all you have to do is do what he tells you to do. He's going to get all the money. 
He's the one at the beach. He's the one at the beach. <laughs> um, I had one of those. I, I asked one of the few gurus that I really respect because he actually does real estate transactions. And I asked him once, why, why are you still, why are you doing these guru things? Why are you doing this on the road two weeks out of the mm. month? And he said, well, he was a Ron Legrand student. He said, and, and Legrand sold me this bill of goods about how I was going to hang out at the beach. He says, real estate has never made it possible for me to hang out at the beach. But being a real estate guru has made it possible for me to, <laughs> to hang out at the okay. beach. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> and again, this is a guy I respect yeah. and I know is still doing yeah, something. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so the Opportunity Zones, nobody's doing a guru pitch for Opportunity Zones yet. Um, so sell me on this opportunity zone. So the opportunity tell, tell zone. Tell me more about this and, and where yeah, you're at, what you're working the, on. The opportunity zone came out of the tax cuts and job acts of 2017. This was the big Trump administration revision of the tax code, um, and this is probably the biggest government-sponsored real estate subsidy ever. Hmm. It's bigger than Section Eight. It's bigger than tax credits, it's, it's, it's bigger than the HUD 203K, it's huge. Here's the underlying pitch. Almost all of the economic growth in this country since the Great Recession of 2008 has happened in a very small group of places. Silicon Valley, LA, Houston, Vegas, three or four cities in New England. That's it. The rest of the country is not experiencing any economic growth. Hmm. No startups, no new jobs, yeah. no new companies. So the economy as a whole is booming because 12 places are doing well. Okay. The rest of the country is doing nothing. So the problem is the places that are doing nothing are the places that vote Republican. So the Congress and the president said, we got to do something to get the economy moving mm. in these places that are conservative. And so what they came up with was the Opportunity Zone. And in this way, it's, it's a, not to badmouth liberals. This is not Rush Limbaugh. <laughs> no, no, you're skinnier than that. Uh, <laughs> um, it's a very Republican program. Let's give people an incentive to invest their money in the places that we would like to see economic growth happen. Hmm. But let's not tell them what to do with it. Okay. Let's let, let's let them chase the biggest returns they can get. Hmm. I mean, the thing that capital is really good at is finding out how to maximize the return on investment. Yeah. Republicans think that's a good idea. So the talking heads and the Democrats are just besides themselves over this is going to run out of control. You know, we're going to get gentrification. You know, ghettos are going to turn into paradises. Rolling ghettos. You know, we can't, we can't have that. We've got to keep these people in their place. I mean, no, we have to keep control of the process. Okay? Um, mm. So this is essentially there are three kinds of incentive to invest in the Opportunity Zone. Incentive number one, you don't pay capital gains taxes now. 
So if you bought Apple stock 20 years ago, yeah, and it's worth a billion dollars, yeah, but you can't sell it because then you'd have to pay the capital gains right. tax. Now you can sell your stock, roll the, the profit, the gain, into these opportunity zones and pay no tax. Sweet. Okay? Now, seven years from now, you have to pay the taxes. Yeah, yeah. But this is like a seven-year free loan from the IRS. Mm. It's actually better than that because the second incentive is that we're going to forgive part of your capital gains tax. We're going to give you a 15% increase in the basis. So in year seven, when you have to pay the tax, yeah. you get a 15% discount. Now, I do not remember any time anybody ever said, <laughs> we're going to give, we're going to forgive part of your discount yeah, taxes. Yeah. It doesn't happen. Right. So that's incentive number two. And as big as those are, those are not the big incentive. The big incentive is number three. Whatever you invest in, in the opportunity zone, you hold on to that investment for 10 years and you don't pay any capital gains taxes wow. at all. Wow. On that profit. Zero. Wow. So, you know, theoretically, you could put $50,000 in an opportunity zone, sell the resulting property in year 11 for $50 million, and, and pay zero tax. Damn. Okay? Yeah. So the incentive here is for you to make as much money as you can possibly make. Yeah, in those 10 years, man, it falls years. out, man, yeah. So the the Congress has said, we're not going to tell you what to do because the markets are much more creative than Congress is. They will come up with much better answers than we would have. We're just going to incentivize you to make as much money as you can. And that's, amazing, that's, amazing. That's the thing. Yeah, um, uh, absolutely amazing. So, so tell, what kind of companies are coming in here, and what are they doing? Like, who's who's throwing down money? Well, the big guys are not throwing down money yet. They're raising money, okay. telling you they're going to throw it down later. Mm. Okay, um, but giant guys, Goldman Sachs, you know. So it's like, is it like everybody standing on the sidelines waiting for the, somebody there, to throw in, throw down? Of, there is a lot of standing on the sidelines. The trick is, if you're going to get that 15% discount, your money has to be on the table by the end of the year this year. Oh. Because that there are some rules seven-year time frame says that you've got to pay the taxes in December of 2026. Um, so to hold seven years and pay in 2026 means you have to make your investment in 2019. Yeah. So this is not, oh, I'm going to lay back and see what happens. There's going to be a lot of activity in the next few Absolutely. months. Absolutely. And again, the big money guys are talking about this all the time. Um, so why Northwest Indiana? Well, in part, cause I already have track record there. You know, I've been investing in Northwest Indiana for five or six years now. Okay. I got it. I know what works. I know what doesn't work. Okay. Um, I When they announced the Opportunity Zones and drew the map, I had 35 properties in the Opportunity Zones already. Oh, wow. Now, that's really important because if the deal is no good, deferring the taxes isn't enough of a motivation mm for losing your money, okay? Mm. So I had deals 
that I thought were pretty good deals before they offered to forgive all the taxes. Mm. Um, so I'm, I'm moving those 35 houses into another entity which starts the clock running uh, for everything. And, uh, That's awesome. Doing the, the, the opportunity zone. Um, I acquired those houses at the property tax sale. <laughs> of course the, you did. <laughs> for the last four, three or four years has been my investment strategy. If you don't pay the property taxes on your house, the government does not want to be perceived as the people coming in to take your house away. So they sell your taxes to somebody else yeah. and let those guys be the bad guys. Yeah. So I'm willing to be the bad guy. Yeah, yeah. So um, you're buying a problem, and you're going to get I'm paid buying well houses, for it. I'm yeah. buying houses for five hundred dollars to five thousand dollars. Yeah. At the tax sale. Now there's another two to three thousand dollars in legal fees and foreclosure costs, but I bought 150 houses at less than a thousand dollars each. Mm. Um, now they need a ton of work. Sure, sure. Because by the time they get to the tax sale, to the, the the commissioner's sale in the spring, they've been empty for two or three years. Stripped. They're stripped. Sometimes the roof is leaking, sometimes not. Um, they don't have furnaces. Yeah, yeah. They don't Broken have water heaters. Pipes and stuff, yeah. Um, but that's okay. You know, again, I've got a lot of years in the construction business. Yeah. So we've developed the ability to renovate these houses pretty cheap. Yeah, yeah. And then we turn around and we rent them and we just sit there forever and collect them. Right, yeah. Um, Cash cow, man. Yeah. So here's the thing. Here's the problem with how that ties into Opportunity Zones. That cash is ordinary income. Okay. So if you're in the Opportunity Zone, you have to pay taxes on the ordinary income. But you don't have to pay taxes on the capital gains. So what do we do? As soon as a house is renovated, we follow the Harry Langer approach, and we go borrow the money, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. take all the money ca- out, and buy another house. Yeah. So now that expenditure, that is a capital expenditure. Yeah. And so we have shifted all the ordinary income from rental into capital exp- expenditures mm. so that when we sell the houses, they're capital gains. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, now, what that does is that that rolls over your profit at a very high annual return. <laughs> so so you put $30,000 in a house, and you rent that house for $1,000 a month. Yeah. That's $10,000 a year net. Yeah. You're yeah. making a 33% return on your money. It's outrageous. Yeah. You start compounding your 33% year on year for 10 years. <sighs> your rate of return is astronomical. I, yeah. And then when you don't pay taxes on that gain. I can't, yeah, yeah. You know, this is beautiful. Oh, it's, it's, <laughs> it's beyond beautiful. <laughs> you got my heart rate up right now, man. <laughs> so we're trying to raise money so that we can do all the work and that people with capital gains don't give it to the IRS. Yeah. You know, there's an old joke. You know, I don't like giving money to the, to the government. I don't like what they do with my money. They buy explosive devices and they drop it on the heads of people that I'm not even angry with. <laughs> you know, I don't even know those people. Um, <laughs> um, so, so um, 
So that's that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to find people who have capital gains who don't want to pay the tax. Okay. This is a better deal. You mentioned 1031 exchange. Yeah, anyway. yeah. This is a better deal than a 1031. It is, yeah, because eventually you're going to have to pay anyways. Because because when you pay the taxes, you get the discount. Yeah. The only way to get a discount on your taxes in a 1031 exchange is die and let your kids pay That's the taxes. That's right. That's right. Okay? So I'm opposed to tax planning. What an exit strategy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm opposed to tax planning that has death as an integral part of the process. Back to the bomb. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's awesome. So, like, wow, you got to have a, a, I'm sure you got something here that you could um, share with people. I've got a website. I'll send you the link. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, do you know the website? Can you share that? Yes, or? it is NWI. Dot oz.com Oppor- Northwest oh. Indiana dash oh. Opportunity Zone.com. But cool. that's too many letters. So NWI dot <laughs> dash oz.com. There you go. There you go. Guys, check out that website, and I'm sure your contact info is on Absolutely. there as well. Um, but it sounds like um, something's going to have to move real quickly here, right? Yes. Within the next yes. five months or The next or so. four or five months, you need yeah. to put the money in. Yeah, yeah. So act now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, I could, I could do better than that. You already blew 5% of it because you could have invested 2018 mm. capital gains, mm. but they had to be in by June 28th. Oh. So you missed that deadline. If yeah. that made you feel bad, good. <laughs> if I made you feel bad. <laughs> good. Move now so that you yeah, don't feel bad yeah. come January. So, guys, remember, Mark is like he's, he's thinking outside the box. He's not here, the guru selling you some something that everybody else is out there selling you. This is like cutting-edge stuff that people don't even want to get involved in. Mark has done all the work for you. He's done all the research. He knows the area. He He's... He's a very smart man. I've, like I've said, I've sat in meetings with this guy, and when Mark speaks, everybody just listens, right? And it's just a, like the guy has so much knowledge, so much education, and he's got his own money tied up into it too. So he's not like uh, you know the, some salesperson out there only to benefit his own freaking pocket like most of the gurus, right? So Yeah, I don't make any money on the Opportunity Zone Fund. Until the investors have the return of all their capital and a ten percent return. Well, that's amazing. Yeah. So yes, yeah. that's awesome. You know, and I and I share with people too. Like, hey, when I'm selling a house to to an investor for passive income, like, hey, I'm in the same areas as you guys are, man. I'm in Country Club Hills. I'm in Dalton. I'm in Hazelcrest. I'm in all those South Holland. I'm in all of those areas. Personally, I own properties, so I'm not out there to like sell some some you know smoke and mirror type thing i'm dealing with the same issues and that's what you have you're dealing with the same issue you got skin in the game man and you're it's like somebody's partnering with you with so and i say this all the time they're leveraging their money and credit with your time and your knowledge yes and guys that is the that's how deals are done you need those four things to do every stinking deal out there and why not take advantage of something like this that Mark has and and let this just be one more avenue that you're going to leverage your, your money on and leverage somebody else's knowledge on. You know, you get multiple sources. Like Mark said earlier, his biggest, uh, not biggest, his, his one of his paychecks coming in is, every month is $280-some. It's not a lot, 
But you know what? Long term, he did the work for that five years ago, and that money's coming in. What are you going to do today so that in seven years from now, the payoff is there? So, guys, listen to this guy. Check out his website. Give him a call. This guy is real. He's sitting right across from me. I know you can't see it, but he is uber smart, and you will not regret it, man. So, guys, any last words, Mark? No, I think that's good. Dude, you're awesome. Thank you so My much, pleasure. man, for coming here and, and sharing. I, I, I hope people have see the opportunity here, not just the opportunity zone, but um, the opportunity here and act, man. So. Well, I guess the other thing I put out there, um, I like funny deals nobody else can figure out how to do. That's true. You told me that from day one. So yeah. when you stumble across a deal and you're ready to throw up your hands and say, there ought to be money here, but I can't figure out where it's at. Yeah, yeah. Call me. Yeah, that's the Mark Reynolds I know. Yeah, yeah, that's it. You say that pretty much any time you go to a meeting, and that's what Mark says, guys. So, And it's true. The guy thinks outside the box. He's taking you know, units and turning them into rock and roll you know, places to, for people to go hang out and, and, and you know, get crazy and get loud. So, guys, MF Cashflow, man, continue to bring value to you. Looking forward to you calling Mark and uh, get your get your cash flowing, man. Opportunity zones are hot and time is running out. So go kick some ass, guys. Later. Learn more at mfcashflow.com and follow Mike on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn.